welcome to our KPMG Financial Reporting Podcast Series, delivering fresh insights and perspectives around major accounting and financial reporting developments on ESG reporting. We thank you for joining today. My name is Julie Santoro. I lead our ESG reporting activities in KPMG's Department of Professional Practice. And I'm joined today yet again by my colleagues, Bryce Earhart and Anita Chan. And we're back for an ESG reporting update. Last time we really focused on the International Sustainability Standards Board and why we think that US companies should pay attention. It's still very good listening. So I highly recommend you go back if you missed that podcast. But today we're widening our lens. We're looking at the latest developments from all of the SEC, the ISSB and the EU. Plus, we're also going to take a peek at what's happening in California and some supply chain legislation that's coming out of the EU. So let's dive right in and start with the SEC. Anita, what's noteworthy from your perspective? Well, there are a few indeed, Julie. Let's start with something that's more definitive, cyber. Now, although it was initially targeted for an October 2023 date on the regulatory agenda, it did catch some of us by surprise when the commission adopted the final rule at the end of July. Now, this final rule, which is now effective, requires public companies filing under the Securities Exchange Act of 1934 to disclose a few things. First is that the registrant would need to disclose information about a material cybersecurity incident within four business days of identifying it on a Form 8K. The other thing is that for certain filers, as soon as this fiscal year end, they will have to report and disclose certain policies around their cybersecurity risk management strategy and governance disclosures. Now, I feel like the G and the ESG is so often forgotten that with this cybersecurity rule, it fares squarely into the G space. So now let's move on to climate, which I think many is still top of mind thinking about when it's going to come and what it's going to look like as well. There seems to be some informal chatter that we have been hearing about the final rule could be released as soon as this month end, before the end of September. And some specifically even speculate that could it come out during climate week, which is next week. Now, personally speaking, I don't think there is much more information on that other than pure speculation. Um, If you go onto the commission's website, you still see that the commissioners and different offices and divisions are still hosting meetings with different stakeholders, as well as having received comment letters um, as recent as, you know, earlier in August. So definitely, I think more to come. They're still active on it. But let's just keep watching and see where it goes. With that, Julie, back to you. Okay, so the message is be patient. The climate rule is coming, but you don't think just yet. So I've got it. So Bryce, the European standards are out and we're headed for the first wave of adoption for FY24. What are US companies thinking through right now? Yeah, a lot of US companies are just simply thinking through what does it mean for them? What does the corporate sustainability reporting directive actually mean to them? How will it impact them? And one thing we're talking to our clients about is working through that question. And the way we've been trying to help our clients through that is through three basic steps. That first step is really just trying to figure out which entities within your organization are subject to the CSRD. Once you get a good handle on that, the second step becomes trying to figure out 
uh, which levels within your organization can you do the CSRD reporting at? At what levels can you comply with the CSRD at? And the third step is really choosing one of those levels and then gaining stakeholder buy-in. And these are three critical steps that should at least be considered before getting on with a, a company's double materiality assessment, which is a very critical and important piece of the CSRD. Now, recently, we actually refreshed our hot topic uh, thought leadership piece on, this, uh, on the CSRD. We're really trying to focus in that publication on how to help U.S. companies and really other non-EU-based companies think through the CSRD and how it's gonna impact them. We introduced the steps I just talked through in that piece. And we also discuss and include a series of different scenarios walking through potential implications for different common group structures within the US. So I highly encourage everyone to take a read of that and then get on with identifying that level you wanna do your CSRD reporting at. So that's the legislative front and what US companies are thinking of. But, but what's on the standard setting front? Is there anything new there? Yeah, I feel like always in Europe, there's going to be something new on the standard setting front, or at least that's my perception of it. So for our listeners that have been following us along this journey, you may recall that a couple of episodes ago, we talked about how EFRAG, who is the drafter of these European sustainability reporting standards, uh, we talked about how they're getting called on to reprioritize its efforts. And they were getting called on to reprioritize them towards supporting companies' implementation of this first set of ESRSs that were issued and finalized in during the summer. And in August, actually, we started to get a glimpse of what that means. Uh, what EFRAG has done is they've developed a few agenda papers for its August uh, board meeting, its sustainability reporting board meeting. Uh, and they pre presented some draft implementation guidance that focused on uh, double materiality, and the value chain. And as we know, uh, these are two very complex and hotly discussed topics that exist within the ESRSs. Now, the guidance that they have published is draft. It was only in agenda papers. So it's not considered final, and it does not represent official views of EFRAG or their sustainability board. Uh, so, so honestly, reliance on this guidance at such an early stage should definitely be cautioned. However, it's still worth taking a read of it to help you understand what some of the challenges are in this space and really how EFRAG is starting to think about addressing them. Now, one other thing that EFRAG has done is they also published another paper for that August board meeting where they were discussing their own assessment of the interoperability of their ESRS standards and the ISSB standards. Now, there have been also public comments made that compliance with the ESRSs will achieve compliance with the ISSB standards. However, we also know that other commentators are urging caution here as what the EFRAG is comparing is analyzed by other groups such as the ISSB. So Julie, you know, on this topic of interoperability, what is your take on this from an ISSB perspective? Well, Bryce, I am definitely in the camp of urging caution about the work that's ongoing at the moment. Um, yep, the ISSB is working on its own interoperability assessment. We don't have an exact timeline right now, but we do expect something to be published as a result. But I would like to say that really for me, it's all about looking at the components of interoperability. 
I don't think it's as simple as simply saying uh, you have to disclose, for example, your GHG emissions scope one and two, and therefore they're interoper interoperable. I think really we have to look closer. So behind every disclosure is the basis of how you measure that. There's the inputs that go into it, the various data points that you need, and there's all the assumptions that you have to make. So when I look at, for example, GHG emissions, I look at the organizational boundary. I look at how you exactly do that measurement to come up with your final number. And of course, the big thing behind all of that, and you mentioned it, Bryce, is materiality assessment. Of course, the EU standards are using double materiality, and we know that the ISSB has an investor lens in looking at, at materiality. So that, of course, also plays into those disclosures that you come up with. But for me, the work that's happening on interoperability is the most important development for preparers. But having said that, there's certainly a lot more happening at the ISSB because they are now looking at what they do next. You've got the first two standards out. So what are their next steps? And if I had to actually choose one additional development to tell everybody about, it's actually related to the accounting side and the IASB's narrow scope project on climate risk in the financial statements. That's something that's really, really close to my heart. We have always said with these standards, you're gonna get more transparency. It's going to make it easier for, for users of your ESG reporting to look at that connectivity between your sustainability reporting and your financial statements. So I would advise everybody to watch that project. The current objective, is to explore whether and how the financial statements can better communicate information. So it's a narrow scope project. The work has started and the IESB is about to have its first meeting to discuss the project. So we've looked at all of the three big regimes. Anita, I want to bring you back in now. I'm hearing a lot of stuff about California. What What's going on there? Yeah, Julie, I think... There's definitely a lot of traction and chatter going on related to a California Senate bill and has been under the radar for quite a while, but I think rightfully so. Many have been so busy with the big three standards that we've just talked about, but I think now is the time to turn the spotlight back into this California Senate bill referred to as SB 253. So what is this bill? Well, at a high level, it would require companies with a total annual revenue greater than a billion dollars that do business in California, so not just companies with headquarters in California, to report greenhouse gas emission information and get assurance over that data. Now, independent third-party assurance provider has actually been a term that was recently amended and put into the proposed bill. As part of the requirement for the limited assurance engagement, starting with scope one and two. Now, assurance is not required until 2026, but it's definitely a bill worth watching because in terms of next steps, the expectation is that this proposed bill would move into the assembly floor when enough votes are being collected and then move into our governor's desk for the California governor's desk for signing and consideration. 
From my understanding, there's some speculation that it could happen relatively quickly, certainly quickly in relations to when the SEC climate rule is expected to finalize. So with that, I think we have been telling a lot of our clients, especially for those of them who might not be subjected to the SEC climate rule or the CSRD, to really start planning and thinking about this bill sooner rather than later. Anita, thanks for that update on California. And just to clarify for our listeners, we are talking about US companies being that would be in the scope of that. And I think it's really important that we talk about this because usually our emphasis is on what the SEC is doing. And that, of course, is only registrants or issuers. And now, of course, we're talking about private companies as well. So very important. So one last thing before we go. Bryce, I know you've been spending time looking at EU ESG developments that go beyond sustainability reporting. Uh, Quickly tell us what else should be on our radar. Yeah, one question that we get a lot, Julie, is what else is happening in the EU and what should I be aware of? We spend a lot of time talking to our clients and even on this podcast series about the CSRD, the ESRSs. And some other commonly one, common ones that we discuss are the EU taxonomy, and even for our financial institutions, the SFDR, which is a Sustainable Finance Disclosure Regulation. However, there's still other regulations coming out of Europe that our non-EU companies should be aware of. And what I want to highlight today is two of those, uh, and they're in the supply chain due, due diligence world. <laughs> so in Germany and separately more broadly in the EU, what we see there are governments are seeking to regulate activities within supply chains. And how they're trying to do that is with new laws. These laws are trying to achieve an objective to prevent and mitigate not only environmental, but also social risks within company supply chains. So we recently published another hot topic publication that looks at these two instances. So we have the German Supply Chain Due Diligence Act, which actually took effect in January of this year, 2023. And we also have the EU's proposed Corporate Sustainability Due Diligence Directive. And in our publication, we really tried to do our best to summarize these in a way that is very concise and digestible. So that's an easy read for our non-EU companies. So as I highly encourage you to look at our hot topic on the CSRD, I'm doing that here again. I'm highly encouraging you to take a read of this publication on our due diligence directives uh, to really help you get a sense of how these developments could impact your organization. So thanks, Bryce. Thanks, Anita, for joining me today. We've given everybody a lot to think about. We've had an update on our usual big three, what's happening at the SEC, the ISSB, and what's happening in the EU. To that today, we've added California and also supply chain legislation. That's a lot. One last plug though, I'd encourage you all to register for our October 10 webcast. We're gonna take a deeper dive at the disclosures in the ISSB standards and the ESRSs and how they kind of work together. Are they the same or not? So that's our update for today. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to this KPMG Financial Reporting Podcast. For more in-depth ESG-related financial reporting developments, analysis, and podcast episodes, type into your browser, visit.kpmg.us forward slash ESG reporting, and be sure to subscribe today.